to shoot. No, god damn it. How many episodes in are we? It's <laughs> only like the two. I wouldn't edit that out. <laughs> I'm not going to. Um uh we're on the uh, um Dark Habits and a Motivar podcast. And uh this is the third Motivar movie we're actually covering because he ha- doesn't have that many, so I kind of have to stretch it out uh, with the theme. But yeah. um I'm hearing the echo now. Anyway, so um yeah, so this is Dark Habits, not shoot the piano player. That's last season. <laughs> and returning from last season, the best guest we ever had to appear oh, no. on the last episode of the season. Amanda. Oh, thank you for having me back, guys. That's that's very kind of you to say. I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the only one that yeah, well, thank you guys. I love talking uh, to you guys about movies, so this is this is always a good time for me. Yeah, and um, uh, J Dog is here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the name of the podcast was. <laughs> yeah, and most importantly, we have first timer, hopefully not last timer, um, Lexi. Uh, don't, don't, Hello. Can I say your last name? Yeah, go How ahead. We... Lexi Miranda. Lexi Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Well, you're you're. Twitter name or was it Instagram? I can't remember. Yeah, my Instagram is Miranda, but it's okay. <laughs> I forgot to ask that beforehand. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I, I know you've been on cult movies a yes. couple times. Yeah, I think. Cool. I've been on so, cult um, movies. Yeah. I've been on Film Feast. I think I've been on, I've been on a few other ones too. So, um, yeah, I, and you, you mentioned something a while ago about haven't seen much Almodovar, so I figure. Uh, why not ask you to jump on? Yeah, I'm so excited to be talking about Almodovar. Um, I've seen a few of his films, but he, you know, has a lot of them. So it's good to dip in and see the different parts of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've said before, I prefer the earlier silly John Waters uh-huh. style comedies over uh-huh. the later melodramas, mm-hmm. which I still really like. But I like kind of like them filthier, more, I'm not say offensive, but like the more it's like outrageous uh, kind of gross comedy. Kind of subversive, yeah. Yeah, it is. I'll take whatever he gives me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the next one's a, a gay cowboy thing, so I'm totally on board with Ooh, that. Oh, awesome. Get Pedro, no. uh, Pedro um, <laughs> Mandalorian guy. What's his Pascal. name? Yes. He and Ethan Hawke are in it. That's all I know. I know. I'm very excited. That's a that's a really uh, older man kind of uh, erotic fantasy thing. I uh, nah, I, I mean, Amorivar is in his 70s. That's so. true. He's like, get me the hottest actors, okay? <laughs> uh, Pedro Pascal's pretty uh, popular right now. Okay, get me that guy and uh, Ethan Hawke. He's he's always been the the hot one like oh uh oh, okay yeah we can do that he's available based on his recent work he's available <laughs> okay so first off uh amanda have you seen yeah. much emotivar um yeah i think i'm like you where like i prefer his earlier movies um and i've mentioned this like on uh, other episodes i did with you guys like i am gonna 
really butcher names of people like english is my only language so i, I apologize now <laughs> but um pepe lucci bomb i think is how you say it, or lucy bomb like that one was probably one i really thought was just kind of i don't know i think i think it was a little it's a little underrated like i just really liked um his first movie um I just the, the cultural like so sexual much. freedom of it mm -hmm. yeah and it's campy and it's just totally outrageous and yeah, i think that I, just comes with it being his first movie and then like all of his movies or at least like i think until um all about my mother or maybe talk talk to her they still kind of have have that vibe really going strong um until you go on a little later remember i think it was all about my mother and then like mm -hmm. i dipped back like i was like you know what like if i really like all about my mother i gotta see you know all the ones that came before it so i think i think i like his earlier stuff more than than anything else it's just freer and he just seems to just not care and not give a shit as much as he does later on um and it's just more organic yeah and um uh, uh lexi have you seen any out of our I have. I've seen a few of his. I've seen, um, well, the movie that really got me into him was seeing Volver. I saw Volver in college and that movie kind of like opened up my eyes. Um, and I saw a few of his after that that I could get access to. And then that's mm -hmm. been one of my goals this year is to watch some more of his films. So I'm glad that you guys jumped me off on that goal. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all of them are streaming right now, including the older comedies that mm -hmm. are that for a long time were hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. Like this uh, one, High Heels. Like you can't even. I don't even think it's released on DVD or Blu-ray in the United uh, States. Like there might be like a region-free one, but I was like, I was kind of like trying to look and see if I could get this on disc a few weeks ago, and I just couldn't couldn't seem to find it yeah there is Which is just odd to me yeah there is a couple discs but i i really i don't know if, if they're your ones or not there might uh, be a region free one but i don't think there was one like actually released in in the united states or in north america like which is just really odd to me because obviously criterion's released a few of these here like time me up time me down so yeah, they, 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 they've so far only done like the obvious ones which yeah i'm surprised criterion usually will throw in a curveball of like they're gonna pick a kind of a, a deeper cut and then they'll go for the he the heavy hitters but they kind of haven't done that yet yeah but uh yeah so uh, uh troll have you seen this one yet high heels no it was the first time yesterday okay oh, that's awesome so this was one of the first maybe like in the first like group maybe first four or five i saw that made me go like okay this this guy is like one, one of the best but like i have to see everything and like this mm -hmm. is kind of like the turning point uh this one and i see basically no one ever talk about it and uh <clears throat> uh watching again like i <laughs> I can see some problems with it. I can see why it's not as uh, uh, doesn't have the same reputation as like Tiny Up, Tiny Down. But if it followed mm -hmm. that movie, which that's kind of a curse if you follow mm -hmm. like the big one. Mm -hmm. But it's this is still just like I just love everything about this movie. It just 
everything hits. It's transgressive. It's kind of weird. It has like that that uh, sense of humor. It's mm-hmm. not full melodrama yet. Although I do like the melodramas, but I kind of wish some of them had uh, some campier humor kind of thrown in. Well, or yeah. just one more. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so uh, J-Dog, I know you've seen a few. What did you think of High Heels? I liked it. Um... Uh-oh. <laughs> well, you know me. I... I... <laughs> I don't like a rape scene, and that was a rape scene that happened at the beginning. And it's also, well, in fairness, it's an Almodovar movie, so it's kind of always in the cards to happen. Yeah, that's why I didn't like turn it off and start screaming. Um, And he has a way of like, you know, putting in this humor into those scenes, like even in a freaking um, the the skin I live in, you know. Mm. is an awful scene and like they're making jokes while it's happening like okay um but other than that like this just felt like the soap opera fun kind of thing that i i totally dig you know closer to uh, i'm so excited than yeah you know one of his uh latest movies or something like that yeah uh, i forgot to say to open the episode uh trans rights are human rights and if your state or area is is uh doing fucked up stuff get involved and if you're not still get involved yeah because this affects everyone yeah. i've been trying to open every episode with that and sometimes i forget translation stop it florida <laughs> yeah that's stop what it. Stop, it. stop it stop it i mean stop it yeah but i don't know i've been on a roll with the stop it florida's lately so Ohio. <laughs> yeah you see, they want to like, they want to pave their roads with uh, a solution that has uranium in it. Guys oh, should look God. that up when you have free time. <laughs> I, I saw that today. <laughs> I was like, of course you do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like in 10 years, you're gonna know everybody that lives there, like that comes to visit. You're gonna be like, oh, you're from Florida because they're gonna have like a third eye or something. <laughs> oh, Sounds like somebody suggested that on Twitter and now they're that's real people are so dumb that's come on no Man, look it up when you want a good laugh yeah <laughs> but anyway anyway so um uh lexi what yeah. did you think of this movie i really excuse me i really enjoyed this movie i it felt very like okay so there's another movie that came out this exact same year called soap dish oh yeah and it is like the Spanish version of that, but like a little bit more intense. Um, it's kind of amazing that these two movies came out the same around the same time. And it's both about these mother-daughter relationships and the men, who, the same man they both sleep with or almost sleep with. Um, and I think that this movie like perfectly encapsulates like a... A, a soap opera or you know a yeah. telenovela it's a, a movie sized version of that and he hits all the right notes and while keeping it kind of um a little bit more highbrow with the uh kind of drag queen aspect and um just the, and of course the acting level is amazing in this movie yep yeah and um amanda what did you think of this one 
Have you seen it oh, before? I love it. Yeah, I've seen it before, and I really liked it before, and then I, when I revisited it, like, I was like, oh, this is really good. When I revisited it, I was like, I might actually love this, um, and awesome. I don't know, like, I watched, um, yeah, I watched an interview, I don't know, I one, one of many interviews um, that uh, Amaldivar, I think it was, like, a BAFTA interview, and he mentioned, like, quite a few of his uh, movies he takes like three separate stories uh, or, or scripts that he's writing and tries to combine them together and see what happens. And <laughs> he didn't mention um, high heels. <laughs> and he said it usually gives him a good twist. He didn't mention high heels, but I don't know about huh. you guys, but it felt like that to me because this, a lot of people mention um, like Douglas Sirk. Um, mm -hmm. They mention, um, what was it, Imitation of Life with this. I could definitely see that and a little bit of like Autumn Sonata. Um, but it also I mean, has like I mean, they call it yeah, obsonauts, but they, they they specifically do mention obsonaut in the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but um, like there's a lot of like that happening, but also at the same time, I think other things we're going to discuss. Like there's multiple stories. There's definitely kind of the a Hitchcockian vibe to it. Like I know he loves Hitchcock, but like there's a lot of it feels like different stories happening at once and it's not done in a way that I think um, a lot of filmmakers would struggle to, to do where it just feels really busy and like it goes nowhere. Like it's captivating and interesting the entire time. And there's just a silliness to it, even though some of the topics are really serious. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. And I just love his obsession with colors and the color red. So I just felt like it really just added more to this. Um, so yeah, I, I love this movie. It's great. Yeah. The way this movie looks, it's kind of incredible to think that the, they probably made this in like the late, you know 80s or or 90 1990 because it doesn't yeah. look dated like the yes. the costumes and stuff like you could see someone you know probably an older woman wearing the suits that she was wearing and stuff like that but yeah. a lot of the costume and the set design makes it seem really real and like you could that could almost be now which i found exactly. fascinating yeah it's, it has a really modern feel to it it's true um and I mean, I joke about this sometimes with some friends of mine, like whenever uh, Netflix does a movie set somewhere that isn't the United States, they pick a color for it. Like it's yeah. either all orange <laughs> or all green. I was like, yeah. this is great that Madrid actually has colors and like stuff is happening. <laughs> Thank you, Pedro. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm still shocked that Hollywood is still doing Mexico is yellow or orange. Yeah, it's like a yellow, like orange, like puke color. It's like, oh yeah, it definitely looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, has everybody yeah. been to Mexico? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I have not, but I, I know it doesn't look like that. <laughs> I haven't. I've been to Spain, and my family's Panamanian, which I know is a totally, totally different culture, but I've been there, and very cool. Yeah. <laughs> As a Mexican who's been to Mexico, yeah. I can assure you it's entirely yellow. It's, it's very <laughs> off-putting because if you literally step between the California or yeah California border and the Mexico uh -huh. border, you'll see full color, and then it'll be like, "What the? Who put it? What? Huh?" It's <laughs> just like who framed Roger Rabbit? You're like, "This is cartoon town." Exactly. <laughs> then I got hit by a cartoon car. They took me off in a yeah. wagon, which fell off a cliff. <laughs> And this is when you squeeze through the wall. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you avoid? Did, did you avoid the dip? Uh, let's just say I have a peg leg now. Oh, okay. As we bring this up, like I could totally see Almodovar doing like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That seems completely up his <laughs> yeah. alley to do something like that. 
That's that is a yeah. shame. That really <laughs> happened. Yeah. It is a shame. Yeah, I'd love for him to do a do a Dracula adaptation because that would be Ooh. the most colorful. What well, most colorful one in in a long time? <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys can't hear my furnace because I'm in the basement. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> it's fun. As long as I don't hear Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I mean, I can't promise that. <laughs> Did you invite him on the podcast? I don't. Uh, I think we're. Well, I don't know. Well, tomorrow we're recording with um, Bobby from Grindbin, so he might bring Freddy Krueger with him. <laughs> Thanks, oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Joel, I'm not sure if you yeah. ever. Um, paid pay for the Patreon for Grindbin, but there's one thing you did like five years ago, maybe, where Bobby mentioned that he accidentally stalked Robert England to his house, uh, not on purpose. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a pretty good story. I have to ask Bobby tomorrow. Uh, to tell Nobody stalked by accident. Yeah, you gotta ask. <laughs> Well, according to Bobby, it was totally an accident that he found him at, tracked into his house. Uh, it was totally an accident that he was in his dresser stealing his clothes. All right, now this sounds now like bigger. a telenovela. All right, so uh, first, to get over, well, I want to first talk about like the uh, spoiler alert. Two movies oh. that I think of when I think about um, high heels are um, Tenebrae, the Argento movie. Uh-huh. Oh. And yeah. Dress to Kill. Oh. The De Palma. Just yeah. kind of superficially. And I, I say spoiler alert in case someone who hasn't watched it watches, it listens, and they hear that part. Because, so like, the, the twist of the Hugo uh, femme lethal uh judge character it mm. feels like a uh, the palma type twist yeah and if you really like close one of your eyes and squint the other one it kind of looks like a young de palma <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> his, his face when he's wearing that beard was bothering me i'm like okay what's going on here <laughs> you can like hear him make fun of george lucas when he saw like <laughs> the dailies for the first star wars movie and he's like what the hell is the force george and then george had to kick him out because <laughs> he wouldn't stop making fun of it so, yeah <laughs> yeah i bet of the group of, of that group of friends the poem was a fun one. Oh yeah definitely <laughs> i would have making fun of george with him <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so besides that, uh, uh, do you, am, am I out of line? Is that, or do you guys see like those comparisons to like, um, no, like I the Palma and like Argento? Yeah, I definitely see it, yeah. especially um, with the, the themes and the colors and everything, um, and the mood. Um, for me too, I would say probably Mildred Pierce. I thought of a lot the movie with Joan Crawford, Michael Curtiz movie, maybe just because of the the, the mother daughter relationship thing going on in that. That was definitely unhealthy. Um, so, but yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Uh, J-Dog, have you seen Tinder Bray? I'll figure something out in editing. All right. All right. Uh, so, uh, uh J-Dog, what did you like about the movie High Heels? 
I enjoyed the uh, sexual politics. No, uh, hold on, <laughs> let me think about this. Um, you know, it, the, the way they, that he has worked melodrama mm. and comedy in such a, I don't know, it just feels so natural. I don't know what, yeah. what he's telling the actors to do and... And since I don't speak Spanish, I can't actually say whether or not <laughs> everything comes off as naturally. But <laughs> however, they're just, you know, acting. It just feels mm. like they're the person. And that's pretty spectacular, really. Yeah, like, ver yeah. versus like any like telenovela where it feels like the actors are uh, being extremely extra about the situation this one feels <laughs> yeah. like the actors are acting and the situation is extra and it's like so they're reacting to everything around them i don't know it's kind of this amazing balance that he pulls off yeah yeah um he mentioned at some point too like that he sometimes directs with like his eyes closed and he doesn't watch the scenes <laughs> and he said he like pretends that his actors are singers and he tries to hear how they like enunciate their words and how they finish lines and i definitely like after learning that and re-watching this yeah i was like oh okay that makes sense um yeah. and that would also explain why he likes actors like antonio banderas because the way he enunciates his words <laughs> um but yeah I, I agree with you guys i think I think um, it definitely it has this natural feel to it, as uh, as silly as it sometimes is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Banderas was offered to be in this movie mm. in place of I think Miguel uh, Bo Bo Bose. Bo okay. I, I think it had to have been him. I don't know who else it would have been. Uh, it could have been. Yeah. Javier Bardem. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I love seeing uh, a baby Javier Bardem in this. <laughs> I know he's so young and baby face. He's a baby. I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. It's like, that's a movie star. Oh, wait. He's just a, he's a nobody right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but that means we are, but that means we are denied seeing Van Derrissen drag. Yes. That's true. That's true. I, I'd rather see him as his best role, which is the Nason XB. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was good, right? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the drag performance and the performance of the mother on stage were some of my favorite parts of the movie. And I just loved how he filmed it. And one of my favorite parts is when the other drag queens are mimicking him on stage. Oh, I was going to bring that up. I love That's that part great. too. Okay. Yeah. That's one of my favorite awesome. shots ever. It's just like so, so perfect. Cause like, it's a mimic of a mimic of a mimic. It's just like, I mm -hmm. love those layers. Yeah. And Definitely. I just love the, like the, that detail of he went undercover as a drag queen. Yeah. And never found anything, but decided to keep on being a drag queen. He just loved being mm -hmm. a drag queen. That's amazing. And like the and like the so I understand because I haven't I haven't seen Tu Wong Fu, but mm -hmm. uh, my partner has, and she said it misunderstands drag queens, but it's not disrespectful. But this mm -hmm. is like Amalabar knows what knows what drag queens are. He knows yeah. what the purposes yep. are. But yep. this isn't like misunderstanding. This is just using that uh like that art form 
for like this part of story. Like it doesn't feel like I feel like with Tuong Fu, I suspect maybe some of the people making it were mm. like th they dress like women, so you think they're women, right? It's like well, no, not just not just no. nearly. Right. <laughs> like, this feels like I'm over actually, like this took yeah, there's understanding there. Yeah, with this. yeah, there's definitely a deeper understanding. It's not like this superficial idea of it and, and not and misunderstanding it and misrepresenting it, and at the same time maybe insulting it. It's definitely. Um, it feels like you're there. I think it's probably the best way to do it. Like the best way to explain it. Like it really feels like you're there and you're, you're, you're experiencing it and it just has an awesome energy to it. And it's just very positive and very welcoming. And that's definitely something I like about this movie is just how I think, and just maybe Maldivar in general is just, um, how inclusive he is and, and understanding of, of, of everyone. And there's a, there's a beauty to that because I think a lot of people do that in, in a way that it's just unintentionally um um just kind of they're misunderstanding it and then they just don't know how to how to uh how to bring it to the screen in a way that that's natural yeah. and that's real i know it's like a thing with like pops certain pop stars now using drag queens and stuff where like yeah. sometimes it just feels like it's it's trendy now so you're kind of just doing it but also yeah. some people like my desires generally love it so it's like it really depends on the person and situation and the state that it takes place in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, uh, I saw pictures of the king during his king ceremony. Like, mm. he can't he can come out and see dressed like that. That's a little <laughs> too fancy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's his thing. Um, yeah, if you like to, you like to play dress up. Yeah. I oh, love yeah. how layered the, the characters are in. Yes. It, like, as I was watching, you know, um, Marissa Paredes being her movie star yeah. self and her the... daughter is like desperate, desperately wants her attention in, in mm -hmm. this way, but she, she marries a man that she previously had a relationship with. Mm. And, and then there's Miguel Bos, uh, Bosse, who <coughs> pretends to be uh, Becky, you know, Marissa Paredes character mm. in drag and it's like these are the three these three are the same woman at different points it's yes. so cool mm -hmm. yeah. yeah there's a there's that scene where like um miguel says like or she uh marissa paredes asks um like you know why you're you're being like i think like something like you're being a younger version of myself or like earlier in my career mm -hmm. and then i just love how he explains his reasons why and then just how you know just the hairstyle for example um and just how he when he explains that just his his love and his reverence for for kind of uh being that that earlier stage of her in her career like that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah. um, and I love the little it, just, joke. it feels really real yeah. yeah i love the little joke when uh she looks at his face and basically says you got the makeup wrong but it's close enough <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, that part, that scene is really, really funny. And I just love how the idea of drag has become this symbol of change in Spain and how he's kind of embracing it because that's probably part of the reason why the mother had to go to Mexico to do this is because it was going yeah. through this, this change from kind of, I think it was like a, a dictatorship or a monarchy beforehand and then it kind of transition yeah. into democracy in the it, 80s it was a, a yeah, fascist Franco. dictatorship yeah yeah not, yeah not like one of those nice yeah. dictatorships <laughs> <laughs> no. well 
Well, Franco loved the Pope and oh. the Vatican. They were very close. And, uh, you know, you know, the Vatican that could have. That's a whole other topic, but shocker. <laughs> you know, the Vatican that could have done something during the Holocaust, but they're like, do we yeah. have oh, to? God. They went, we have enough Catholics. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that, like, again, with um, Almodovar, like, um, he said at one point that he, when he reached his 50s, he was like, he said something like, I've been, you know, intentionally trying to not remember my past in my childhood just because of the pain that existed. Mm -hmm. And he said that, like, he tried to um, make it so that all of his characters were born in, like, 1977. He didn't have to really acknowledge (laughs) Franco. And he could just go with, like, like that rebirth afterwards and the freedom that Spain finally had when it was transitioning into a democracy, like, in the late 70s. And you can kind of just feel that especially with his early movies that we're talking about like it has this just energy and it just feels real and um i i think that takes like actual like talent to do and i think that's like when i realized like when i was really digging into his earlier movies i was like there's just this i don't know how else to describe it you know i don't have the words to to really to do that but there's just this energy to these movies and this kind of freedom like it's just kind of breaking free and it's finally able to you know really explore and enjoy uh, i guess just the human experience and just what it's like to to be alive and be yourself and and that, that freedom so i thought that was interesting when he like said that at one point he's like yeah i just I, I pretend all my characters were born in 77 and i just go from there um and you definitely you definitely feel that with this movie especially yeah all right uh so i don't know if this my notes are very scattered for this one because like i've seen it already so it's kind of going off of memory a little bit yeah yeah but this is one of the rare times where i was like i don't have to be too detailed with notes because i i know this very well but um nice yeah, uh well we were talking about okay. influences on this movie and what it yes. kind of reminds us of this movie yeah really reminds me of like uh Powell and Pressburger films like the way it looks and like the melodrama of it like it's not like red shoes but I feel like he could do some like he's like influenced by that kind of high intensity like relationship drama that comes from those films and like the power of the word and how people speak you can see it through when the daughter Rebecca is like looking at the camera in like these red clothes and these red boxes and she's giving these monologues to like basically um it try and express herself in a way that she really hasn't been able to most of her life yeah and that color red like you're right like it works with um even like the you know i guess spoiler alert murder yeah blood <laughs> But it, but it works with like sexuality and yeah and, and all other things he has yeah, yeah definitely it's like it's anger passion violence yep. it's, yeah it's, it's like a very like it's not universal but like for melodrama red is like the ideal color exactly yeah and it, all of his movies are, are are totally like like it's always red that seems to be the highlight with what people are wearing or what's in the background but definitely in this movie um there's it's it's kind of it feels like a, a character the color to his movies but yeah the red shoes is awesome in comparison to this i didn't yeah, think of that I, I was, uh, well, pink smoke just released the episode today uh-huh. and they brought yeah. up that um <laughs> who was it uh 
uh, I can't think of names right now. Um, Citizen Kane. Orson Welles. Yeah. Orson Welles hated Powell and, Pros- Powell mm-hmm. and Pressburger. Yeah, he was a big douchebag. Of course he surprised. did. I'm not surprised exactly. at all. <laughs> it's a genius douchebag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was in Transformers. You can make fun of him all you want. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I love that everybody seems to know that fact. I brought it up with my girlfriend this weekend. She was like, hey, yeah. I know. <laughs> Like, oh, I saw okay. somebody like tweet that recently. They were like, "Hey, did you know he was like in?" And they mentioned like the Third Man and the Transformers uh, cartoon movie. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was. Two roles. Yeah. His well, late career was just a lot of I need money to make this movie that Hollywood will not help me with. Yeah, it was like Unicron or something. I think in the, in the cartoon that movie's good, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love his late career stuff. It's all even if it's bad, it's still just fascinating to be like i wonder how much he hated being here or how much he loved being here <laughs> you can't you're never really sure with orson wells yeah he just wanted to eat and drink at a certain point and just make fun of people i mean and i get it like yeah <laughs> he could have also been in yodorowsky's dune which would have been amazing but no there's that uh, do you think he would have even tried if he was on in, in a dune movie <laughs> I don't think so. I think he would have been like Harrison Ford, where he looks like he doesn't want to be there the whole time, <laughs> like when he's in Star Wars. But it would still would have been great to me. I feel like he would have some. Yeah. Like he just be making fun of how stupid the like the lore and, and uh, yeah. language is the whole time. Yeah, I wonder. It would have been like Robert De Niro really. right now. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been like Robert De Niro and all the grandpa movies he does now, where you can totally tell he's just like private school's expensive. I need to be in this movie. Oh, and he yeah. just had another kid, didn't he? He did at 79. I read that article. I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> that kid's going to be super wrinkly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He has the type of movie he's in right now, too, and it's not good. That's the type. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm a legend and I can get a paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. I want to go back to anyway. like things standing out via colors and, and stuff like that and yes. talk about this like uh just after the 80s early 90s fashion that goes on and there is a a very key moment where i was like ah why why were we like that where uh uh, victoria abriel is gets arrested you know she's getting put into the van to go to you know whatever holding that they put the nicest prison i've ever seen in my life like they have musical numbers in that prison. I was like, sign me up. Like, oh. I meant to text uh, Spencer that. I was like, I-, I don't know if I actually did. I was say, I guess I like movies with random music or dancing numbers. That's because like my favorite Spike Lee movie is uh, School Days, which oh, has yeah. that whole sequence. Uh, but okay, so they're getting into the van in that su- super tall sex worker um, is going and for a moment, you see the bag she's carrying, and it looks like it's just neon pink plastic, like the kind of thing that I don't know. You like if yeah. got shrunk down, it'd be perfect for Barbie. And yes. I was like, oh god, fashion. Why? <laughs> it reminded me of like when I'm like, what are they wearing in Soho today on TikTok? And then I watch those videos, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> 
I love that scene though because it kind of puts the pin on like the contrast between Rebecca and all the women in the movie. Like her mom mm-hmm. is kind of like Joan Crawfordish. The mistress yes. who is at the TV station is kind of like Bardot and this like sex worker yes. is kind of like Mansfield and he's like pitting these like kind of the mousy brunette main character against all these like kind of bombshell women. It's yeah. it's it's a perfect like inflection point of these two types. Yes. Yeah, it I, is. I, and like I love like how desperate she is the whole time. She yeah. has this like very intense uh like sadness and like she just wants to be noticed. And like sometimes it's really funny when she's like trying to has like trying to like just get noticed by her mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the, it's like you can just tell like the way she uses phrases of things it's like she's just so, so much wants, wants any approval and she has this like super intense like try hard like attitude like at moments where it's like just tone it down a little bit and i think you'd be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah D- am i totally off base um mm-hmm. i have like some sort of face blindness which i attribute to the fact that i hate making eye contact even when it's like a movie um uh, <laughs> like um uh, victoria april looked mm-hmm. so much like uh, uh I did, who was i thinking of audrey hepburn no uh <laughs> julia roberts okay oh interesting I, I mean, it's nicely. I don't know if, all, if Julia Roberts could do this movie. Oh, no, no, no. But, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it, like, it kind of fits in with what you were talking about, like, the how much of a superstar the other women are. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, Victoria is more of a, uh, a, like, a girl next door thing. Like, yeah, she has, beautiful. like, the kind of pointed nose and big brown eyes mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. a very expressive mouth. I could mm-hmm. totally see that. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, she... Uh, like you said, mousey. Like she kind of looks like a mouse a little bit. Yeah. Like, she, like legit. Like very... She's very diminutive against all the women. Like her mom's taller. The you know the obviously when the drag queen is a drag queen, she's taller. And then like the um, the um, interpreter, she's taller. Everyone is taller than she is. Yeah. Even the sex workers like has to be at least six foot. Yes. Maybe taller. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just so tall, forever yeah. legs. Like, it, like she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that little line that the um, uh, the other girl in jail, the one who was dating Hugo, the other alter ego, yeah, was like, <laughs> her tits are bigger than her head. <laughs> Where is it? I wrote it down. Oh, her heart. Her heart's bigger than her tits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's some great, like, quippy lines in this movie. I wrote down two. I wrote that it really stood out to me. Um, And one is when the judge is interrogating her and he says it's not that easy being guilty. I don't know why that made me laugh, but it really did. (laughs) It is funny. Yeah. (laughs) And then at the end when Becky's, like, with her in in the ambulance and they're driving away after she's admitted like she killed her stepfather and stuff and how she killed her (laughs) husband she's like 
Becky to her daughters, like, you must find a better way of solving your problems with men. <laughs> I swear to God, that yeah. made me cackle. It's such a good line. It is very funny. And the way she yeah. delivers it, because she's, like, on a respirator, and she's, like, <laughs> trying to give her her last tidbits of, like, wisdom as a mother. It's just perfect. Yeah. You nailed it. This this movie, as dark as it can be at times, is freaking hysterical. And, like, my, I remember my boyfriend, like, walking in when I'm watching this. He, like, he walked in at two times. He walked in at the sex scene, and he walked in at the uh, the dance number, and he's like, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> and I was like, this is the same movie? But, yeah, it definitely... <laughs> I mean, is it awful that I was lying at the end when her mother was dying for what you mentioned, Lexi? I was like, oh my god. Like, I guess we're just better. And then she, like, she dies when she's she's talking to her. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, oh it's just, god. like, the the balance of tones, as you said, is just, like, a, like perfectly pulled off in this movie. Yeah. It's, like, the, yeah. it's the medium hit between highbrow and lowbrow um and it's so and i was reading i like to read like old reviews if i can find them and on this one i could really only find an ebert review i guess because it's probably a oh god he liked this yeah he liked this he did not like his other films and i am just as i read more of ebert i'm just like wow he was kind of wrong on a lot of stuff he was wrong on a lot lot of of stuff uh, on some stuff but it's also just a sign of the times um, but yeah, yeah, I was like, he was like, I didn't really connect with the other films. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm surprised he liked this one so much, but he thought it was really funny and like flamboyant. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was growing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's gotten a lot of things wrong, which I always found really funny, but yeah, yeah, yeah he liked this one. <laughs> So uh, we didn't get into it yet, but uh, Joel, what, what, what is if you can summarize succinct, succinctly, at all? What is the plot of High Heels? What, what was this movie about? <laughs> A former star of movies and like a pop star uh, separated from her daughter at a young age and has returned back to Spain not just to reunite with her daughter, but also to kind of reclaim her past. Um, And the the crime is committed. And we have spent a lot of time with this judge, which I don't understand the context of like a judge as opposed to like a detective, which he seems to be a detective. And it turned because of um who was killed not only it was uh the daughter's husband but also the mother's former lover we spend a lot of time twisting around um who could be responsible also their each of their emotional beats as they have to deal with the fallouts and there are a dance number and you know a drag queen show on two occasions so you know five stars yeah i mean like i could get into the details which i usually do because i have adhd and we tend to over explain um Mm. but like i don't know it's it's such such a good movie yeah i think like 
like you kind of made the point that like it doesn't and that's something i've noticed with like almodovar's movies is uh they don't really necessarily fit into a genre type like there's kind of like where he said where he likes taking a bunch of different stories and combining them into a one like there's a lot to this and mm -hmm. And then a point that Lexi made where, like, it's kind of lowbrow and highbrow at the same, the same time in a lot of ways, which kind of, I think, really um, shows uh, how, how, how wonderful he is at telling stories and um, his characters and everything that he creates. Um, it, there's, there's so much going on with this, and it's kind of just, I wouldn't say that the story is necessarily deep or the stories with the characters. It's just kind of a fun experience to have. And it's supposed to, when you're watching this, you're like, you're just supposed to be having fun. And there's just so many, I think like, like twists and turns and just like the, I guess the, the love story between, or I guess it's not even really a love story. It's just, everybody's just having sex with each other <laughs> and then just the crimes that ensue. Um, it just makes it for, uh, to, to the that point that we're made where it does feel like a bit like a, a soap opera somewhat but it, there's more meat to it and the acting isn't horrendous so it's just kind of um i don't know i think it kind of when he when i said the point i made earlier when he said he kind of just likes to pretend his actors are singers like i really felt that when i watched this after reading it um and i don't really feel that there's any you know i obviously like victoria is the the, the main character in the film but it doesn't really feel like there is a main character at least when i watched it like Marissa and Miguel, for example, like they're definitely they have as 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 important of a presence on screen and they're as interesting as she is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really hard to do, uh, especially right now with what Hollywood has to offer. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's just generally uh, all altogether just a really interesting experience, because if it's your first time watching this, if you had somebody sit down, they've never seen an Almodovar movie and you're like, hey, we're gonna watch high heels they'd be like what the hell like like to my point of what i made earlier with my boyfriend walking like like is this a different movie what's going on but there's it's not nonsensical like there's a point to this and um there's i think there's some depth to it too especially with that relationship with the mother and the daughter and I, I, what's really fascinating to me is how he really i i think understands women which kind of is something that usually male directors struggle with um <laughs> So I, I thought that that was, I think, probably my biggest takeaway from this is he really understands women on screen and, and their experiences and their relationships with each other. And that mm -hmm. kind of is the most interesting part of this movie, to me at least. I mean, we did a whole season on Spike Lee, so we, we see yeah. kind of some of the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I find that fascinating about him that he seems to understand that. Yeah. So I learned I that a judge is basically so the first trial is a quasi inquisitorial procedure known as a summario, a summary, a resume of the facts and the law mm. pre pre prepared by a judge of instruction who's in charge of the investigation. Basically, a detective. Mm. And then it gets passed on if they need, uh, if if they feel charges need to be pressed. I love how it took almost to the end for our judge to be like, I'm too involved in this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, it wasn't when he had like sex with her? <laughs> yeah, it was like the moment you saw who was responsible for this crime. Like, uh... What about that social worker, <laughs> Paula? Yeah, that was an odd note. Yeah. 
But I guess it kind of plays into the idea of, like, there's no coincidence in a soap opera, you know? Right, right. And the the fact that she sees, like, the nude picture of, like, Paula's boyfriend and she's like... Oh my god, he has the same birthmark on his yeah. on his dick that he does. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Thank goodness for moles on penises. <laughs> yep, Seriously. Yeah. That's all you need, I, apparently. I, yeah, I forgot, like, you had, like, the MacGuffin of, uh, of, of a mole on a penis. <laughs> oh, you know, everybody's... It, it's as unique as a fingerprint, is what I hear. <laughs> That's what they're using these days. Like, forget fingerprints. Exactly. <laughs> All right, put it in this mold. What? Sounds like something the TSA would do. Oh, yeah. Oh, it sounds like something uh, conservatives would do before you go into the bathroom. Oh, God. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to bring up, so, uh, Joel, you remember um, Amor's brother, Augustin, is a producer and it was a, a small cameo. See, <laughs> uh, he's usually the uh, usually like a bald guy whenever you see him. Yeah, I thought he was like one of the people in the photo store. Yes, he was. Okay, good. I at least recognize some people on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> it's always worth. Basically, he, like his, uh, Augustin looks like um, uh, Pedro without the poofy hair. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I see. For real. Oh yeah. yeah. If you see them standing side by side, you're like, oh my gosh, where are they oh, twins? Shit. Like what? I have uh, to make a note and look for a picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all I can think of offhand is in Dark Habits, the nun one, he's the mailman who oh, like, right. he says yeah. like he tells her to fuck off or something like that. <laughs> yes. And he's As in mothers do. <laughs> and he's in um uh, uh I'm and and I'm so excited. He's the um, the air the air tower guy who at towards the end of the movie because yeah. there's a big focus on like there's a bald man here who's working. It's like oh, <laughs> it's this August. <laughs> this is like Bill Murray's brother when he shows up in movies, but he's not bald. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, which brother? He's got like seven. <laughs> Yeah, good That's point. True. It's the one that um was it uh Brian Doyle, I think, Murray, that I'm oh, talking uh, about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brian, it looks Brian. like you hear yeah, his it voice like, and you know it's him. Yeah, even now it looks like grandpa version of Bill Murray. <laughs> Noah's arcade, I'm lining up. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh the 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 mom character, uh Marissa oh, yeah. uh, my Spanish still isn't good. Paredes, I think is how you say it, but Paredes? I heard it wrong. Yeah. Um, she always ha- plays this type of character, like the kind of like a diva-ish older woman, because she yep. is the actress in all, in all About My Mother. Who, in the scene this, I live in. And yeah, yeah, she's in that too. But in yep. um, in the in All About My Mother, I'll tell a story again on that episode. I didn't realize the son was was hinted is strongly hinted that the son is gay mm. until like the third time I watched it. And mm-hmm. like uh and this one I was like, man, either I'm stupid or I just never paid that much attention to the son character because it's it's glaringly obvious it's hinted that the son is gay because yeah. he's obsessed with like 
like just like all the little hints it's it's very obvious once you uh if you watch it i mean his movies are layered so you know i, I would i would not beat yourself up on that like every time i watch his movies i kind of get to something new from them yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times re just recently where I've watched something I had seen maybe like 10 years before. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't believe I did not realize that this is what was going on. Right. But I have uh, grown because of experience and watching all the other stuff. And that's where that's what you're doing, dude. <laughs> uh, by the way, Spencer. Yes. Um, can you say the Spanish language uh, a version of this movie's title? Uh, I have to look it up again. It's the. Uh, uh oh, where is the poster's it? great. The Spanish yeah, theatrical and the, poster. The title title sequences are amazing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a like an old school like um like a Bond. Uh, oh, it does I... totally. The guy who did the Bond uh, openings, he did, he did a weird Ant movie. Was Maurice one. Bender? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he did uh, Charade, too. I love that title sequence for Charade. Oh, Charade is one of the best Bond movies. That's not a Bond movie. Yeah. Ant has Maurice George Bender's Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, as long as it has George Kennedy. Yeah. Especially when I ring my bell. Yeah. We, we might as well cover that one, because I like it a lot. Uh, anyway, okay, so High Heels, the title for the movie, the title in Spanish is uh, Tacones uh, Lejanos? Lejanos. Lejanos. Which Very good. I, uh, yeah, the Duolingo is paying off. <laughs> yep. I was going to say. Sounds like you don't order tortillas when you go to a Mexican restaurant, so that's good. <laughs> well, if I feel like being funny, I will. Okay. <laughs> uh, my friend had a story when he was working at Taco Bell in like Missouri or something like that. Oh, uh, he was working the drive through, you know, oh, nighttime no. stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, uh, Taco Bell, can I I'll take your order whenever you're ready? <laughs> and the, the guy ordering says, I'll take one nacho cheese chalapa. And uh, my friend had to walk away because he started laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> chalapa. Yeah, I would have quit. That's hilarious. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so I, I enjoy uh, mispronunciations or, or uh, you know, it, it, the Spanish is a kind of yeah. easy language, but it's also oh, yeah. got nuances. So my I'm boyfriend's good. worse than that. Like if like he wants sour cream, he'll just be like, I'll have some of that white stuff. And I was like, it's sour cream. Just uh, you don't have to say like the Spanish name of anything. Just like say you want sour cream, please. <laughs> <laughs> get a white stuff <laughs> is it right i was like that sounds great <laughs> it, it made me excited to watch more of his movies because i love the way spanish sounds like i can yes. i can read it okay i'm just i have a really bad accent so i try not to speak <laughs> i can avoid it i'm like the only person in my family who can't roll their r's it's tragic um I I'm also the only person in my family that can't roll as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's painful. It sucks so much. But um, I just love the way this it sounds, not to sound like kind of beautiful. Like, it's just, it's, it's, and also this movie is so funny. This movie did really well in France, of all places. I read. Which is interesting. It didn't do well here. It didn't do well anywhere. 
And he blamed yeah. he blamed Miramax because they didn't know how to distribute it. And I understand. I looked that, that up there like they didn't know what to do with it. I yeah. was like, could I have more details? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably thought like it's the guy who did Time Up, Time Me yeah. Down. That's enough. Exactly. Like, no. That's probably all they thought to do. <laughs> Oh, so Time Up, Time okay. Me Down would not be made in 2023, let me tell oh, you right now. No. no. I love no. that movie, but uh, yeah. I, I've come across people who hate it, and I understand. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, say you're the wrong. That movie's great. Like, I love that movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> there are a couple of motivars that I love where it's like, some people hate, it's like, I get it. I'm not gonna yeah. argue, <laughs> argue with you about this. <laughs> you're not worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a different podcast recently that was that was discussing, of all things, the uh, one of Goop specials on Netflix that was called like Sex and Goop or something, and it was the okay. uh, couples like getting to learn. Apparently, there's like five categories of like uh, what is sexually attractive to a person, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the, the two people we're talking about were queer and they were like, all these things are like taboo for these, you know, cis hetero couples. And it's like, you know, it's not that weird for in the queer community. No, nobody's batting an eye. And I was just from that little thing, I, I like watched this movie and I was like, oh, this is, that's why it feels so natural. Like he, he is, he made it from the, the eye of a, of a queer mm. person. Like, like that sex scene was something that happened, like the other relationship yeah. things, somebody's having the baby, all this other kind of stuff like that. It's like, it just feels like it's a thing as opposed to like, oh my God. Yeah, the Although, realism right. of the world and how, and, and the only person who makes it seem weird is the husband because he's like uncomfortable by it. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, no one bats an eye and it's all like all very accepted in in who we interact with yeah the husband is the is a boring like uh yeah wet blanket straight guy who's like i don't get this drag stuff yeah i don't i don't get you it's like okay you're but then you learn you know why she married him and mm-hmm. uh it's kind which, of what it's that scene where the they're talking to um uh, Miguel Bose after his performance is the whole thing where he like we go male gaze and he like looks between his legs yeah and it's yeah. like what yeah man, what the hell's going on here mm. yeah it's real like is he is he questioning himself and oh, then, he he is. The, then he gets a reverse shot of um of like uh, uh looking at the husband and you see the gun which is like symbolic do you get it Hey, hey, do you get it? That's so on the nose, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? But it works. I can almost hear the, like, telenovela, like, dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there I, has to be an edit somewhere with that. <laughs> uh, I was looking at, the, I like to look at the Academy Awards for this year, and, like, the ones with oh, foreign language, I, I don't know, I haven't seen them, but... The production award and makeup and costume and stuff were all Bugsy, and I was like, this could have easily won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This could have easily won, like, all Jesus. of those over. Yeah. Well, any movie where they make Warren Beatty look like a human instead of a chiseled <laughs> statue. 
<laughs> probably deserves some sort of award. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to need to watch why this he movie. Move certain parts of his face. So. <laughs> I know. I'm going to need to watch Bugsy. I've heard people that. talk about it, and I'm like, I should probably watch this movie. Oh, Bugsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. Uh, so this time I watched it, the towards the end when the mom's dying. Um, both my grandmas have died in the past couple of years, and that just kind of brought me back to that a little bit. Yeah, down yeah. To, like the mom being kind of, uh, I love like my, my maternal grandmother, but she was she had a mean streak in her, and yeah. she could be kind of yeah. harsh. And like, mm -hmm. and the mom in this one is like, oh, this kind of reminds me of my grandma a little bit. She's a little bit mean. <laughs> yeah, it definitely reminded yeah. me of my Panamanian grandma who lives there, and she's very vivacious and you know, strong-willed and strong-worded, and could definitely you know, give you a sh sharp tongue from time to time. Yeah, like just the stories my mom and her sisters have told over here. When they were growing up, is like, oh, we got the neutered version of, of her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I liked how um it was um I, I, something else I watched recently where Amaldivar was uh, asked like the like I can't remember the name of the interviewer, but the interviewer said to him, "It looks like you really want to make movies that your audience were gonna you know is gonna enjoy and something they could relate to." And Amaldivar goes. I don't care about the audience. <laughs> He's like, I just make what I want to make about like um, the fact that I've, you know, decided to really showcase um, the best part of my childhood, which was with all the women in my life uh -huh. and um, in my family and the people that really raised me. And he's like, I only get stressed out about the audience when, oh my God, now it's time to, you know, for the movie to play at a festival. And then that's when I get nervous. Yeah. And that always like was really kind of, I thought that was really funny because he also admitted that to what the points you guys made that um, a lot of people will come up to him and say, hey, this per character really reminded me of my mother or uh -huh. my grandmother. But I thought that was so funny that he was like, I don't really care. Like this is, <laughs> this is just about the women that I had in my life when I was growing up. Um, so I thought that that was interesting because similar to, to all of you, I, I did think about um, grandmothers, my two grandmothers um, and um, one that's no longer with me. But it's supposed to be about women in his life. So I thought that was interesting. So, I mean... I don't know. I mean, just kind of looking at his, his larger body of work, the, the fact that the women are kind of those central pieces. And he made a point to say that in in, in, um, in his culture in Spain, um, women, I don't know if you guys have touched on this in other episodes, um, they're usually when they're a mother or grandmother, they're no longer desirable in Spain. Um, and he's kind of made a point to, to show that, that that's that shouldn't be the case and that yeah. you know women are there's there's something important about women regardless of their stage in life and their role in life and I thought that, that was kind of interesting because um he's kind of depicting them as 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 simply as as people which apparently the the culture does not do and and just kind of how um, you know, that, that family bond and everything. So I don't know. I don't know what my point, my larger point was there, but I thought that that was interesting that he was like, I don't really care <laughs> about what any of you think this, this relates to. This is about me showing, you know, as much as I can, my experience growing up and the women that influenced me and made me who I am. So. 
I respect I don't know that. if this is yeah, I respect that too. I don't know if this is him and his relationship with his mother or a grandmother or an aunt or, or whoever it was, but I thought that, that was just kind of it added a little more to me when I rewatched this. And also like adding to that, like he worked with like the same actresses over and over again. Yeah. And yep. like you get to see them age and uh yep. like and it's just nice seeing like Oh, like there are women who are in their seventies who are in movies still. That mm -hmm. that's kind of novel. Where Hollywood still is like, I don't know. Let's give June Squibb a movie every third year at this point. I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 His his relationships that he touches on are like very universal, as you said, and I I like how that he kind of um, is able to dip into this similar stories but give it different angles every time like i think this film is probably the most similar to volver which is the one that like i first saw and really um connected with and yeah. um it, it has like the different generations of women interacting and um learning secrets about each other and i i personally love that movie i think that movie is really great um uh, and I kind of love his work with Penelope Cruz. It's just like, like the, uh, she is a great actress and she just is one of those people who looks great on screen. But like, as you said, he works mm -hmm. with actors in such a special way that he's able to get, take their, their uh, talents to a different level. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But like the only like male actor he seems interested in working with repeatedly is Antonio Banderas. I know. <laughs> which i understand yeah. but also it's like it, it's clear like okay that's like the one that's like the one man who's interesting to like to uh to like as a performer to him kind of a weird question but um volver when i when i um watched it originally i i kept thinking about arsenic and old lace i don't know if you guys had that that same feeling uh -huh. that i don't know if he ever said that it, he was inspired by the the um I haven't that seen movie, that movie, the yet. Frank Capra movie. Oh, well, now that you mm. say that, yeah, it totally feels like that. Well, I love okay, Arsenal. I was curious if you guys felt that way. I love Arsenal and Old Lace. We did an episode on it with uh, Ban Ratbath. But, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, if you, if it's an episode, you know, like, uh, 40s Hollywood stuff isn't really uh, what yeah. I'm into in general, but uh -huh. that movie is like, oh, that's like one of the few that really works for me. Yeah, it's very yeah. dark comedy, and there, and there's like the funniest yes. like pe period joke ever in that movie that just makes me laugh every time I watch it, and I just like, like only he would be able to pull off something like that, and it's just like, yeah, it, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites, but um, yeah, yeah like Volver was like I'd always see on on the wall at Blockbuster. Yeah, and it has that yes. great poster. It's like it, almost like Andy it Warhol. It's just like a great image. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's like yeah. I, I remember going to Blockbuster at that age, being like, I don't want to watch some foreign movie. I want to rent, <laughs> like rent Final <laughs> Fantasy. Well, Blockbuster again. was all about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get that yeah. one one section with foreign movies that. I must have rented about the special interest section. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I can either get this yeah. yoga video or I can watch Volver. <laughs> you know what? That was their, their foreign section. It was like yoga videos, and you're like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> there's Volver in here. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
it was awful. Yeah, God, I, I don't understand the the um, nostalgia for Blockbuster. I think that's just people that didn't actually go to Blockbuster. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, I think it's that's people another topic. Who, yeah, I went there for video games mainly, and that was it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I really my experience because of my Blu-rays that I haven't watched, so I'll just look through and be like, eh, do I want to rent this now? Oh my god. I remember like not to go off topic, but like I I saw I went to um the Blockbuster and I found um Pi, the the Aronofsky movie, and the the guy at the register was like arguing with me. He's like, No, it's called P. I was like, No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's called Pi, like three point one whatever, you know, continuous number. And he like argued with me about it and I was like fourteen at the time and I was like, Whatever, I'll just like to rent this please. And I was like, Yeah, I'm not going back to Blockbuster. Like, I'm done. No. <laughs> yeah. That says everything I need to know. <laughs> classic. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, classic. What was it? It was, um, I remember Rucker Spence saying at the local store he would rent movies that he rented uh, Gummo so much that the oh. person there was like, just take it. You're the only person who rents it. We, yeah. don't, we don't even want it here, please. <laughs> And uh, it's like in the Beauty the and the Beast when she just gets the book for getting it twice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I know Marcus Penn at all, it's like, yeah, he would be the first that rinse gum out every week. Oh my god, I, I, I think it's gum out. It's one of those, one of those, like, one of those types of movies he would rent every week and they gave it to him for free. <laughs> Oh I'm trying God. to, I'm going to try and watch a few Harmony Currents this year also, or next nice. year. So, um, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. Good luck. I, I know. I, I really need it. I'm going to need it. I heard him and I saw him. I saw him. No, no, I can't. No to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, he's in a documentary about black metal that is oh. really interesting until he shows up and starts talking. Like, Can we cut back to the neo-Nazis? I, I, I don't want to hear Harmony Curran talk anymore. Aw, I liked Beach Bum, though. I'll give him that. Beach Bum I was love great. That, I love that Beach movie, Bum. but I hate hearing him talk. He's so he's so annoying to hear him talk. Mm. The highlight for me is the the whole, like, <laughs> I don't have to go on a tangent, but the Beach Bum scene where they're, like, supposed to be, like, seeing dolphins, but they're actually sharks. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. one of the funniest things Martin Lawrence has ever done. Yes, it is. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Okay, uh, I love that the the sex medley of him eating you know his wife for like seemingly an entire day. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going on and on. so uh i don't know this okay yes yeah, so um high heels so the title in spanish means distant heels because mm. of the line but i mm -hmm. guess they changed it because distant heels wouldn't sell well internationally mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. but uh but yeah they there's the whole point of rebecca hearing she said at one point that she when she heard the high heels of women like in the street it reminded her of her mother coming home so why would they go with distant heels do you know yeah uh, that's, like, that's, that's, i mean that's a spanish title 
I mean, yeah. I put it through the translator, uh, and as we all know, Google never messes up things. And it no. came out as high heels, so I should ask my father since he actually speaks Spanish. Well, I love the yeah. idea of the um, passing on Maybe. of clothes in this movie between, or like jewelry between generations, because that's something that I, I know the women in my family do, like we pass on jewelry and the idea of the earrings is like very special to them is that her mom gave it to her when they were on this trip and she still holds on to that and like the idea of the earrings being given from the mother to the drag queen it's like the, this passing on of womanhood from generation to generation it's just very beautiful yeah yeah and like like a lot of art is kind of saving which I like I love I love movies, but like there's kind of there's a same equality, but there's like yeah. he does like the Ozu thing of like where Ozu like the last decade of his career is, is basically the same movie of a daughter wants to uh, a daughter either wants to get married or the dad is forcing her to get married and then the dad <laughs> is sad when she gets married. And that's <laughs> and Stop like it. and a lot of Oh, they are, they're great, but like okay. there's enough, but like he knows how to, like Ozu knew how to change the right details so you yeah. can remember which is which. And Emotivar yeah. knows what details to shift so you remember yeah. which is which. Yeah, he but does. But if you describe a plot, if you like, if you just like ran on a plot of like five of them, you'd be like, that's the same movie. What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, like every Foo Fighter, the Foo Fighters have two songs, is what I usually say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh i don't know like uh but i do i like but like that's a sign of this being a good uh like writer director like if you can just if you can tell essentially the same story every time but you, mm -hmm. but you change the right details like it just shows that uh you know like you know exactly what you're doing you know like what makes a specific story special yeah well isn't that the whole thing with like spielberg's always doing a divorce drama somehow or like yes yeah. <laughs> these are these are the, the things that go around like people are always mining the same thing like nolan's always like <laughs> a, a man you know against technology kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah. searching for Although, the lost and, woman and in Tenet, he added a woman and a child for emotion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that one's different because there, there, there's a woman with a child. So you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's slightly different. Yeah. We get it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I guess we'll I see don't... with Oppenheimer. Are you guys going to see that? I'm going to see Barbie instead. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning Barbie too. I am excited for Barbie, but. Stuff. For the um, I, I'm gonna try and do the double feature. I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to see the double feature of both of them. It'd be a wild upper feature. I know. <laughs> but I feel like I'm kind of required to at this point. It's like you right? get two for yeah. one. It's like you you buy one, you get the other ticket free. <laughs> Man, I have like a few. Oh. Go ahead. Oppenheimer is a, like it's gonna be every other Nolan movie to me. Where like I watch it the first time, like that's a good movie. If yeah. I watch a second time, I'm going to fall asleep. Yes. It's it's like clockwork. And like yeah, the, to me, he's a, not a repeatable watch, really. Yeah. Like, 
No, I agree with you. I think like the first time you're like, this is great. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> it's like, but um, technically proficient. Okay. Like everything is yeah. working. The train is running into the station, but it's like, I don't want to hop on that ride again. <laughs> I'd only you. watch, yeah, I'd, I'd really only watch it in a theater if my grandpa wanted to see it because Oppenheimer <laughs> is his. Oppenheimer uh, is, is, a grandma, is a grandpa movie. Yes. Definitely. Oh, yeah, but uh, Robert Oppenheimer <laughs> is his, uh, like his. My grandpa's a, a big nerd. He like has like five degrees in math and science. Wow, uh, that's so military. cool. Military, so they paid for that education. Dork. Dork. I have a few drive-ins near me, so I'm like, I'm really hoping they do like a double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer. I'd be all about that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've yeah. I've watched Inception many a times, but I can't remember. It's it's probably been like eight years since i even wanted to watch it <laughs> yeah uh yeah when i saw it in a theater my dad called me towards the end and as i was one of our times i was like you know i don't feel bad leaving a the theater early <laughs> it's <fine. laughs> oh my god i was i was i was kind of tired and i was like i i want to leave that, that's a that's a classic spencer like, though i know that's true like soon after, like I saw, like when I first saw Inception, I was like, "This is awesome! I was like, this is great!" And then, like, I started watching um, Satoshi Khan movies, and like, I watched Paprika, and I was like, "Oh, we really just did a live-action Paprika, and it's not as good." Oh yeah. I was like, "I'm all set." Yeah. So that was interesting. I guess yeah. we'll see with Oppenheimer. Yeah, I, I might. I mean, I eventually watched. Tenant when it was on HBO Max the the two months I had it. I yeah. like Tenant. I love our Pattinson, but I don't. I'm never gonna yeah. watch that again. Yeah, it was interesting. I I had to see that in the theater, and again, I guess bringing up my boyfriend, he's really not an idiot, even though I keep making it out to be. But he like looked at me, and he's like, he's like, I have no idea what's going on. I was like, they're just all walking backwards. It's okay. Like, that's funny. Yeah. It's basically just like a John Cocteau movie, but with guns. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a, a bit less gay than John Cocteau movies. Oh, very less gay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like high heels. Are you all surprised that it was like a a success in Spain and nowhere else? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No. I'm not. No. <laughs> uh, I have yeah. a question about the Spanish in this movie. Um, well, because Joel and Lexi, maybe you guys would know. Uh, yeah. How, how different is the Spanish dialect, like the Span, like Spain Spanish versus like Mexican Spanish and Panama Spanish? Um, With little knowledge I would have, I would bet it's the same as like England speaking English versus the United States, where we just destroy everything miserably with our slang. Yeah, it's usually the accent and like the speed of speech. Because, like, yeah. in Spain, they have, like, the Basque region, so they say the, the, on their THs, like, yeah, I'm trying to do it in the microphone, it's not really working. And then, like, some countries in, like, South America and stuff, they speak really, really, really fast or a little bit slower. Mm. And also, mm. it's, com depends on, like, where it's, com like, the, the, ge where the, you know, geographical dialect gets involved. And that think makes sense. And I think, you know, Spanish sound, like, Spain Spanish sounds, like, almost more like uh, Italian or French because they're, it's more rooted in that, like, Italian, in, like, that Latin base. 
Okay, good. Latin, like Italian. (laughs) That's as good an answer as I could possibly provide. My father did get back to me, and the translation he says is is also high heels. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) But he does speak Mexican Spanish, so, you know. Yeah, maybe the title is like slang, right? Like some specific Spain for Spain Spanish. Because uh, I, I guess, yeah, that's what oh, sticks out. I always kind of wonder because I don't know enough Spanish to be able to say, like, this is like, this is what this means, and this uh-huh. is what this means in like Puerto Rican Spanish. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, this is a weird side note. In Resident Evil 4, the original version, <laughs> I watched a playthrough years ago, and the person playing it was like, this is Mexican Spanish, not Spain Spanish. And they and it bothered them. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, understandable, yeah. Resident Evil, that's usually known for its uh, realism. <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying? <laughs> I hope this isn't Chris's blood. <laughs> yeah. My God. Uh, I always found that's it interesting like that. I always found it weird that they did Mexican Spanish. Although it's Japan, so they're, they're probably like, oh no, it's all the same. We, we don't really know. <laughs> I don't imagine they probably like Capcom didn't care. I feel like, to... um, yeah, like I feel like, um, I don't know. I took I took Spanish in high school, like I'm sure many people did, and I failed miserably at it. Not like I failed the courses, but like I only know El Gato de Fuego and be pantalones, like the cat is on fire in my pants, <laughs> and, and uh, that's all. <laughs> that's all I know from taking two years of it. So. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you were actually trying to learn this language, Almodovar's movies are, are great because of just how formal the language is, and it's not. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and it was like really easy for me to pick up a lot of words from only doing a few years of it in high school. Yeah. Um, even with the subtitles on, which I thought was fantastic. And to your point, you you made Lexi like definitely the the Latin based like romance language like it does it's 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 the language is beautiful and yeah and the way that the actors speak it it definitely it's 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 just the movie is beautiful just besides the colors just the way the actors are are um, conversing so. I don't know the movie's an awesome experience I don't know it how is. else to say it but it's an awesome experience. Yeah, even though we went off off topic a lot, this is a movie I, I really <laughs> love. In a way, it's like I don't know how, how I don't know what to say besides I love this movie. Well, I just think people understand. should watch it. It's just like such a great experience it to is. be immersed in this world. It doesn't like it's it's fun and there are a few monologues, but the actress keeps you engaged. So you know. You can yeah, and you can follow it along pretty easy. It's not super complicated. No, it's not. And I don't know, like I'm speaking for myself. I'm a huge fan of like the pre-code Hollywood era. Like that's yeah. my favorite period of Hollywood, and it has it that. Yeah, and huh. it has that feeling. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. has that feeling where it's just free, and it's and it's just you know this is who we are, and it's natural, and it doesn't care what anybody's thinking and it's just this is this is this is the the human experience this is who we are and these are our relationships with people and this is this is what we're we're doing together and 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 it has i don't know it has that energy same energy to it and that's i think something i've realized 
really diving into his filmography on Maldivar that I really like about his early movies is he just doesn't give a shit. And he's letting people be who they are and, and having, and it just seems like everybody's having a lot of fun making this movie. It's like, not there's really... some movies you watch. Yeah. It's so, not, I'm sorry. Sorry, no, I was trying to speak too fast. Um... It's okay. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, he doesn't scandalize the taboo, which I think is, like, no. such a easy way to, like, handle these kind of topics yeah. is to, like, kind of make them kind of be like... Ooh, look at what we're talking about. Can you believe we're talking about this? Can you believe we have someone who's drag in this movie? And it's like, it's not like that at all. It's like, it's not, it's like a part of the story. It's not a part of the discussion, you know? Yeah. What what review I read, maybe the Ebert one, but you Uh mentioned like the women are more, will comment on their looks before they comment on a situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, there's a like very casual, like, Yes, it's like intense melodramas happening, but like, but they have to fix their makeup first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then there's also like, and then suddenly there's a murder. Like the first yeah. time I watched this, I wasn't expecting that to happen. I mean, I'm not like that was, that was a really fun, like twist or transition in the story when then it was ultimately like, Hey mom, guess what? I killed stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like even her like, confession scene to her mom is like not super yeah. I don't know. It's like it feel like they could have put a pin on that and they didn't. And it's just yeah. like the mom reacting to <laughs> it and her and then the, and then the mom like being like, okay, this is what happened. How do we move forward? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just there's this just I don't know. I I guess the point I made where there's just this this darker humor that exists, mm-hmm. but it's also super real and um, I don't know, this is kind of felt like, uh, at least for me, and I don't know if I feel alone in this, but a really good sequel, like, I get that, like, Victoria was also the star of, um, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, but this felt like a sequel to that kind of, to me, in some ways, like, it was, it was a really good double feature of the two, because they both kind of have a similar themes, and as, as offensive as it might seem to some people that are, I guess, just overly conservative and not willing to accept things um it just it just feels natural and there's just such an energy there and um that's i don't know if that's something you can really teach that's kind of like a gift that he has on moldavar like it's really i don't don't know if i'm again expressing what i need and what i what i'm trying to but no you are and i feel it feels like these are all like all of his movies are different chapters in a larger story almost yeah and yeah, I, and I love that they're like could be interconnected, but he do, they doesn't mm-hmm. they're not they're not really, but like they're all continuations of like different generations of women's stories. Yeah, and I I want to mention one thing yeah. about this movie I yeah. I didn't mention yet. Yeah, the Maybe soundtrack is by uh, soundtrack is by Aruichi Sakamoto, uh-huh. who yeah. did Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and um. A lot of awesome music on his own. But Last Emperor is his score. Oh, yeah, yeah. One like I'd say one of the greatest um, film composers of all time. Period. Like the Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence score makes me cry when I listen to it every single time. And Mm -hmm. uh, he died recently. It was like a month and a half ago, I think. Wow. It it, is not too long ago, but. uh, Yes, yeah, also want to make sure we mention him. Of course. 
And, oh, yeah, and, he, and yeah. if he and he's and he he acts in Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. No, he's the officer that falls in love with David Bowie. Oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah, that movie's awesome. I actually might cover it for Christmas. Cause I feel like it's not really a Christmas movie, but it's Christmas enough. Yeah. Hey, it's your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, Sakamoto rules. His scores are music scores are always awesome, and mm -hmm. the the theme the theme music to this season, I specified to my friend Jamie who did the music. Listen to the high heel score. I kind of wanted to sound like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The score is so amazing. Might, yeah. So I might throw in a bit of the score at some point in episode. But I don't yeah. know where yet. But uh, yeah, that's... What about right here? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> J-Dog, final thoughts. Um, that pizza is still behind me and I'm really hungry. Oh, <laughs> you mean about the movie? Um, yeah. I feel like this is a pretty good icebreaker if for somebody who is getting to a little more of the, the, the queer stuff with Almodovar. It's like, you, you can't, you can't watch an Almodovar movie without having queer stuff, but this this one's got that. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> it's it, like you were talking about like some of that stuff being taboo and stuff, and I I, I was just thinking, yeah, like, I feel so bad for people yeah. that can't get over, you know their learned behaviors, their ego, whatever else is keeping them from enjoying stuff that is not what human? they, you know, not what they see every day. Yeah, human, exactly. And exactly. That's all it is. Look, if, yeah. if you're watching these and you're, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you're Joel from like 20 years ago or 25 years ago, yeah, yep. we'll go with that. Maybe you should watch yeah. this movie just just to dip your foot in. Yeah. Joel's yeah, this, okay. yeah, this movie is available. It's streaming, uh, although I'm over streaming uh, as of now. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if the Told Sweat and Short is streaming. It used to be. But um, pretty sure everything else is. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can find it online. You can... It's on um, Prime Video. That's how I rewatched High Heels as I rented it on that. Yeah, and uh, there's a disc out there. I haven't looked into it yet, but maybe Damn. hopefully it's region one, but who knows? And yeah, that's it. So uh, the next one of our we will cover is probably oh no, it will be Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Oh, nice. Which uh, spoiler alert? I'm not too. It's kind of one of my least favorite ones, which is to say, really? it's still good, but I just, I don't really connect with it that much. Oh, no. It's an anti-feminism thing. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. 
Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, but uh, hopeful guest um, Zach Curl will be on the episode. He, on Twitter, he's our, I forgot what his Twitter name is. I can't but, wait to listen to that one if you don't like it. <laughs> I know, that's going to be interesting. The only one I kind of don't right? like is Kika, because Kika's, okay. it's a, it doesn't work. But oh, no. uh, yeah, it's my, it's my opinion of Kika. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> I don't know. You might like Kika, but I, I, I just can't. I've never really liked it that much. I'm a, they, I'm a weirdo. I like pretty much a lot of things people hate. <laughs> yeah, that's that. the one that's considered the worst. That's considered the worst of Motivar. But I don't know. Oh, I, really? I, need to re I need to revisit it when we get yeah. to it. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Cause of the, is it because of the rape scene? Yeah, the rape scene just goes on way, way too long. And it just it does. Of, it just kind of spoils the movie for me. Yeah, it's very I spit on your grave, at least from what I remember. And it just stops being funny after, like, the first joke. It's like, okay, you can send it. It, it, it doesn't keep yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so recommendations, Lexi? You can go first with movies, books, whatever, from 1991. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start off with uh, a movie, and I'm going to do um, Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> Which is not like a mother, it's a little bit mother-daughter, but it's more like sister relationships. But it's like this most similar to like an Almodovar movie like we have in the States, it feels like. Um, yeah. around this time. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. I've seen it like a billion times, but it just gave me those vibes um, when I was watching it. And then um, my other recommendation would be um, Where Did the Feeling Go? The song by Selena, which came out around this time. And it, that song really reminds me of like the song that she, the mother sings in that, um, in that, that one uh, scene where she's like in front of all the crowd and she's performing to her daughter. It's just like a great song and I love this kind of music. I think it's just like the drama of it. It's almost like opera. It's so beautiful. Mm. Um, but yeah, those are my recommendations. All right, great. Um, Amanda, you? Um, I have two for 91. Um, my first one is probably one of my favorite directors right now uh, he's uh chinese um he's a uh, part of the fifth generation of chinese filmmakers uh zong yimo he did a movie called raise the red lantern um i love that movie gong Li is probably one of my favorite favorite actresses i love her she worked with him yeah she worked with him quite a lot and raise the red lantern is a really cool movie um and it's about um, a woman in the 1920s, um, and it was sh shot entirely in an Asian city in the uh, Shangxi province. And it's just a really, I don't know, it's just, you have to watch it. The movie's visually impressive. She's great in it. Um, she is one of many wives or mistresses in the movie, and um, she's just, she's an amazing actor. I think she's she's deserving of, of more praise than she currently receives. So Razor Red Lantern is probably one of my favorite, like I said, Zangimo movies or Zangimo movies. Um 
I don't know. Like, I, if you asked me, like, uh, what my favorite movies were of his, I mean, I would probably mention Razor Red Lantern from this year, and then Heroes, another good one. Um, and that's like a little later. I think that's like in the early 2000s. Um, and then Curse of the Golden Flower is freaking amazing too with her in it. But Razor Red Lantern, definitely check that out. Cool. And my other one would be um, The Lovers on the Bridge, with it, which is a Leos Carrick's movie. Um, and it's a really cool movie that takes place in Paris uh, with uh, Dennis Le Denis Levant and uh, Juliette Binoche. And it's a love story between like two, I guess, vagrants or homeless people. And it's just an incredible movie. And there's a wonderful scene with fireworks, it's lovers on the bridge. Um, it's it's an amazing movie and it kind of just kind of depicts their their lifestyle and and what they're going through and the visuals are really impressive and i'm a big fan of uh leo's carrick's minus uh his most recent movie annette <laughs> which is, is only is, is, was that? Denis, is denis the claire denis guy um denis levant um yes, is, is he, he... He was in, I'm trying to remember, he was in, God, I don't remember if he's in a Claire Denis movie. I think he was in Beau if I remember correctly, which is a great, yeah. probably one of her best movies. Yeah, yeah he, he was in Beau Trevi. He's like the sergeant guy who's uh, in love. But yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, that right. movie's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yep, Denis Levant is in Beautrevai, but um, yeah. the movie I'm the movie I'm I'm talking about, um, Lovers on the Bridge, is just kind of this really cool experience with these. Um, this uh, they become a couple, so there's it's it's a um a circus performer, and a painter, um, so that's that's my other recommendation. It's really just kind of an experience with them, um, dealing with uh, their addictions and their their love for each other so those are my two movies um okay. razor red lantern the zangimo movie and lovers on the bridge yeah Denny. um i forgot the last name already he's in a recent after movie levon i have to look at yep. the title it's pretty good it's on it is it night was... of the kings or am i yes. thinking of the wrong one night, night, night of the kings. kings yeah he's a That's token a... white guy in the movie <laughs> really cool movie actually i think it was like two or three years ago if i remember correctly in a prison is that where we're yes. trying to remember what it is yeah a, that's a really a, cool he's movie the only white guy in this prison in ivory coast and he's like i remember he's kind of like the harbinger type character and yeah like, and but everyone thinks he's crazy it's so like no, yep. one, no one messes with him and he's left alone but it's just <laughs> cool seeing him in like another and seems, he always has interesting roles and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah both those movies King, are great. Yeah, Short King, he really stands out as being, like, much smaller than everyone else in the movie. Too. Yeah, and and um, on that Unrelated, The Night of the Kings, I think that came out, like, a few years ago. That's an amazing movie. I'm amazed it didn't receive the, the reception it deserved because it's... It's just the the there's a, an energy like we talked about like an energy to high heels. There's an energy to that movie, um, and it's something you all should check out. But anyway, Lovers on the Bridge by Leos Carricks and the Razor Red Lantern by Zhang Yimou. Those movies are great. Go. <laughs> Thank you, my liege. Um, 
Okay, so I'm looking through the stuff and uh, I'm going to do one of those classic uh, cover all the things that have been covered by previous uh, in, incarnations of this podcast. But first, I'm going to start with an actual recommendation, which is uh, Mississippi Masala, directed by Mira Nair. Um, oh, nice. It's a really sexy story about, I mean, well, it stands out Washington and Sarita uh, Chowdhury. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I feel bad. Uh, yeah. Like those are top-notch actors act, and um, they have like chemistry through the roof, but the, the movie is really more about these different families and like the expectations based on other people's races and stuff like that. And, like uh, I was reading a review that I actually I, I used to write reviews. Uh, I wrote a pretty long one about this uh, that I'm not going to get all the way through. But um, the reason I watched it was because my mother recommended it to me. And uh, when I was doing this project, I, I asked my mom what made Mississippi uh, Masala special to her. And she said, I just love the characters. Love me some Denzel. I'm a sucker for love conquers all. <laughs> Dad and I were an unlucky couple or an unlikely couple 43 years ago. And here we are today. Oh. You know, my mom yeah. was white, father's Mexican. I, it, I can't imagine what kind of comments, what kind of things that people were saying on either side when that whole relationship happened. And I, I think it's so beautiful right. that my mother can watch this and and feel that same, you know, love conquers all kind of thing. Um, I'm not going to cry. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, to go on <laughs> to <laughs> movies that we had previously covered from 1991, there are quite a few. Like, yeah. uh, Joel, where's the list? You don't have a list anymore. You're just going to have to go through it. Uh, we covered La, La Belle Noise Suisse. Is that right? Uh, we never covered that. We okay. just talked about it. Damn it. <laughs> Why the hell did I talk about it? What's wrong with me? Because it's a great movie. Okay. Well, we covered Daughters of the Dust, right? That happened. Oh, yep. it's a great movie. Perfect yes. film. I love that so much that after I watched it, I immediately bought that Blu-ray. Um, yeah. I can't remember who released it, but it's really good. Um, I think Kino did, right? Am I right or am I crazy? Yeah, I think it's, it's Kino, Kino that did. Yeah, Kino because does that's, some good shit. That's before Criterion was like, we need more than two black directors. <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah, these people exist. <laughs> oh, you mean people want to buy these movies? Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, Jungle Fever was this year also. Uh, middle, middle tier, Spike Lee. If yeah. you flip the stories for the B story to A story, it's a much better movie. Yeah. Make it, if it's about drugs and not romance, it'd be better. Uh, during the Kurosawa season, we we covered Rhapsody in August, which is uh, began our crazy relationship with Richard Gere, where he's playing a half Japanese man. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's a really nice story. Yeah, I looked it up and Kurosawa <laughs> spe specifically wanted Richard Gere. Oh yeah, he wanted he, Richard Gere. He wrote it, he wrote this, part for Richard Gere. I, I write parts for I Richard know. Gere every night. No. And uh, I found an article about like, the Asian American 
uh, union was upset and the producers had to tell him, no, this was Kurosawa's choice. This isn't him being racist. He, this is what he wanted. Oh uh, the same season, we also covered a movie called Heat Wave by Hideo Gosha. Um, mm. It's a total Yakuza film, but it stars a woman, uh, which gives it a little bit of a twist. But it's... Um, I'm not that familiar with Gosha, but this is this is was a kind of boobtastic movie, if I recall correctly. Um, <laughs> um, it was pretty it's racy. A, it's a Gosha yeah. movie, so there so there will be graphic sex at some point. Yeah, Heat Wave <laughs> is such an appropriate title because, like, you know, thirty minutes in, you're like pulling on your collar. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, guys, <laughs> I'm glad we all uh, got together to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he half directed it because he was dying of cancer at the time. Oh, thanks. And he's directed one more one more movie That's after positive. that. Thanks for, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's still last, a good movie. Oh can't, yeah, can't really tell. Oh, of course. The last thing we covered for the Italian season was Nothing But Trouble, with, uh, directed by Dan. Okay, that didn't happen. Sorry, uh, but it did come out in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's the uh, the ennui that you feel in Nothing But Trouble that really brings the whole cast together. Uh, Man, I hate that movie. Oh, God. <laughs> I love Chevy Chase uh, movies, even though he's a kind of, he's he seems like a he's total a prick. <laughs> um, yes. But that movie? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, J-Dog, you done? The, the siren has finished for now. Okay. Well, also Samurai Cop, but uh, no, you can go. Oh, did we cover New Jack City? Yes, we did. Oh, that I skipped over that one. That's a pretty awesome movie. That's a great movie. Chris Rock's first acting role, and mm -hmm. you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that is? Hold on, nothing but trouble. Was that then? Damn Yankees did the Mister Bone Stripper. Is that what that's from? That is correct. Yep. Oh my God, I hate that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll meet myself now. <laughs> No, you're great. Oh, you're worried. <laughs> All right, for me, mine are uh, my picks are only yesterday the Sio Ghibli movie. Oh God, we covered that too. Damn it. Yeah, that's the one that Disney was like. That movie's they, great. They talk about periods. We can't, we can't uh, do a voice cast for that one yet. And it took like twenty years for it to actually come out over here with a voice dub, an English dub. But, I um, sound like a hot on that movie's amazing. They got the script for turning red and they're like, okay, I guess it's time. Yeah. Stop <laughs> it. <much. laughs> oh my god. It's like it's later just one scene. But anyway, like the movie is awesome. It's just this very yeah. nice subtle romance and about like being a, a young child. And I remember uh mid episode, Joel, you're like, we should have had a woman on here because this is very a extremely feminine movie. That like some yeah, stuff we is. like we will not uh, have experience with or under fully understand. That doesn't sound like me at all. I probably said, "Hey, bro, <laughs> I gotta go work out. Can we can we cut this short?" <laughs> <laughs> I'd be saying that if I didn't um, uh, pull my right pack from working out too hard a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's only yesterday. Is so underrated. Really? Yeah, I yeah. wish. I need to watch I, that. I wish. I've heard so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of the few dribblers that makes me cry. Only like a couple have made me cry in that one. Yeah. Uh 
destroyed but not, not like happy tears but like it was it was a lot of happy tears yeah the last university i watched was i rewatched my neighbor totoro which has just oh. been like a beautiful movie but at one point i just started bawling oh that's me halfway through yeah, some of the good Studio Ghiblis will do that. Like, Pompoko, like, I guess I'm a weirdo, but I freaking love that movie. That's also a sad Takahata. I think that's, like, 94. Yeah. And people, like, make fun of it because of their raccoon dogs, like, using their, their literally their testicles as, <laughs> as like, balloons slash parachutes. But I'm like, nah, this is, like, way deeper than that. Yeah. Uh, their pouches. I saw the English. Their pouches. Up. Yeah. But, uh... Okay, oh, so only yesterday, great movie. In Yumeji, the Seiju and Suzuki movie, yeah. it's it's part of his trilogy of movies about artists who are uh, male artists in their relationship, their relationship with women, and it's always set in the 1920s. And this one yeah. is about a weird pervert artist who's looking for the perfect model to draw a vagina, basically. And there's mm -hmm. a ghost story, too. And it's... <laughs> of course there is. Yeah. And it's like a two and a half hour artsy fartsy, like nothing really connects, nothing really matters in a normal movie way. But I love the artsy fartsy Seiju and Suzuki movies. They're colorful and weird. There's weird, there's like special effects are fun. They're like, they're about like weird perverts. And I just like watching these art movies about weird perverts. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. He's sold. Yeah. And uh, you'll know quickly if you're if it's your vibe or not. Okay, so a couple music things. One, uh, KMD, their first album came out this year. KMD is the group that MF Doom came came out of. At the time, he was Zev Love Z, or was that Zev Love X? I, I guess I was getting mixed up in my head. Anyway, but MF Doom before MF Doom is uh, this is his first feature first feature album, full length album. And KMD is definitely you see like the beginnings of what 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 would make Doom brilliant in the greatest musician of of his time. In this yeah. other album or record, I want to recommend is Leaders of the New School, a, a feature without a past. That uh, they are they were huge at the time, kind of forgotten, but Buster Rhymes came from Leaders of the New School, and you listen to them and you're like, well, of course Busta would be the one who breaks out. Because like yeah. the other two are, are good, but Buster Rhymes is really the one who just like elevated everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, people should listen to Leaders of a New School. Their stuff is nice and fun. And Busta isn't doing like the super fast um, or rapping that he would do not too long after that. But you definitely get to see the beginnings of like this guy will be huge for like two years and then he'll be like. It'll mod slowly go down over the path after those two years. Yeah, he's huge. But yeah, that's it. And uh, that's it. So, um, uh, Lexi, you're on podcast sometimes. I think <laughs> you're starting your own podcast soon. Yeah, yeah, I dropped the first episode last week. It's called Schooled by Cinema. And um, nice. I am breaking down the different categories of film uh, and kind of looking at them a little bit deeper and doing some research on them. And I'm doing cinematog cinematography first. And I did um, first one dropped with uh, Ryan from New World Pictures. And we talked about Giallo called The Fifth Chord. And more will be to follow. Ten episodes for the first season is the plan. 
Oh, that's a good, um, season's a good method to follow, because at some point you're like, I get a, I now I have a break. Yeah, exactly. I have a kid, I have, I'm like a single mom, I need to, like, parse it out into smaller pieces to get it done and make sure I can accomplish the goal. Uh, yeah, uh, season's the best way to go. That's what we do. Yes. And after, after, after fifth season, I'm done doing this. If someone else can take over for me, but, uh. After five seasons, like yeah, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be burnt out on this. Yeah, it's still fun, but I'll still guess on stuff. But like, I'm just letting people know, like, enjoy it while it lasts, because uh, in like maybe in about three years or so. I know I'm it, enjoying this like honeymoon, <clears throat> this honeymoon phase I'm in. <laughs> well, sorry, Joel, you can take over the show and do more <laughs> seasons after after we're done five. <laughs> I think uh, my failed attempts to start uh, my own series <laughs> since the end of the uh, science fiction podcast I did will uh, will show that I don't have the chops to handle Aww. this by myself. You guys make a great pair. Yeah, we. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have three three full seasons of us talking about other stuff. It's because our birthdays are like 10 years apart, but one day apart. Yeah, 10, day, 10 oh, days, no, 10 years, one day apart. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, Spencer's uh, much older than me. <laughs> yeah, Joel's, Joel's a baby. I'm the old one. Aww. It's uh, not true. He's the old one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Amanda, you, you sure. talk about podcast stuff on podcasts sometimes, right? Yeah, um, I just did another pre-code episode with um, Jamie on uh, Wrong Reel. Um, I think it was like a month ago at this point. Um, I do a lot of pre-code Hollywood episodes with him on Wrong Reel, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I love um, being on, on your guys' uh, episodes. I'm doing um, another one soon with uh so wizard podcast my friends i mentioned earlier that is one of a million nerdy podcasts i mean that in a loving way <laughs> um they're forcing me to watch and review uh the new fast and furious movie because i hate most of those movies so that should be that should be interesting um <laughs> if anybody if anybody wants to listen to me talk about how much i uh, really dislike that stuff um that's gonna be uh, up very soon um and i oh. think that's kind of mostly it um i know i do um uh i mean i'm just a regular guest with anybody who wants me on their their podcast which is really kind of them because i don't know how much i really help out in the big in the big picture there we'll um, but anyways in a month i think Aww. Yeah, and that's really nice of you. Um, and I really love being on with you guys, so I appreciate that. Um, I'm doing. Um, I did a movie food pod. I think is what they are on Twitter on uh, 2022 movies recently. I think the episode was like over three hours long, which was freaking wild. Um, we talked about 2022 movies. They're gonna have me on again shortly. Um, to talk about it sounds like video game movies because in my past life I played lots of video games. I don't <laughs> as much now, but. We're going to talk about Mario stuff, um, and I'm going to be doing that with them shortly. So the new Mario movie, and then probably the 93 one. Um, so I guess spoiler alert. So that should be up early. 
Um, but anyways, um, I'm W Mass Liberty on Twitter, and I mostly talk about movies on there. Sometimes video games, sometimes food, sometimes I have, I'm a weirdo, I have pet birds instead of any <laughs> other types of pets. <laughs> that's cute. So that's kind of it. But um, yeah, you can hit me up on WMS Liberty on Twitter and I'll talk about anything. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys for having me on to talk about uh, High Heels. This movie's awesome. Yeah, thank you, you guys. And uh, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll be back talking about Lena Hartmuller. Uh, yes, I can't wait. Um, Seven Beauties, one of my favorite movies I discovered over the past five years or so. Yeah, she's amazing. So I hope I help more people want to discover her stuff. I really hope so. And Joel, I'm really curious how you how you'll react to Lena Vermeuler, especially I hate it. Seven Seven Beauties. <laughs> oh no, you hate it! It's I can't a, wait. <laughs> it's a sex comedy about a death camp, a Nazi death camp. Yeah. And that's not inaccurate. It actually is a sex comedy about a Nazi death camp. Uh, Did he leave or? Why do you keep making me watch movies about Nazi death camp sex parties? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> uh oh. Huh? What? Oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, for me, I write for Grumpire sometimes. I have uh, one article coming out. In the vague future, I sent it. I, I sent a draft to LB, so Andrew's going to work on artwork for it, and uh, it will come out soon-ish. It's about what is this one about? Oh, this one about um, um, uh, stormy weather. Uh, the '40s musical, and I'm working on something. A, a few other things for them. One thing, by the time this comes out, it it should be up by then. A thing that will come out on May twenty seventh, because uh, on May twenty seventh, nineteen seventy, two movies came out: Cotton Comes to Harlem and Watermelon Man. Both star the same person, and so I figure I kind of have to have to write an article. Wait, two about movies this. came out in nineteen seventy. May May twenty seventh, nineteen seventy. Okay. And uh, this okay. it's really weird that. Uh, the, these the the two movies that Godfrey Cambridge starred in came out the same day, the okay. same year. And so I'm writing about those movies. That is interesting. Yeah. And both both are awesome. Watermelon Man I like a little bit more because it's acidic and really mean. But uh, <laughs> it is mean. <laughs> yeah, it has one of my favorite comedy scenes in a movie that when I, I told my partner about it and she was like, "That's not funny at all. That's just mean." She's like, "I know. That's why it's you funny." Do. But it's a yeah yeah it's a part where he's having sex with the Swedish woman it's something that the, the center actually is really fucked up but hilarious um to me yeah so even though people's is a man so yeah so grumpire stuff and uh i don't know I, i'm on podcast not podcast a lot less now but i was i was on cult movies talking about um the jamaican movie uh the reggae movie Harder they come, because that movie is is phenomenal. It's the, the one black movie in all the books that, in all the cult movie books. Yeah, yeah. So it's iconic. Yeah. Nice. I'll I'll return for Breathless because how much I don't like Odar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't like himself, honestly. Even though he's dead now, but yeah. <laughs> well, they they're having on with Vinny, who loves Godar. 
which would oh. be a fun time. I but can't wait to listen to that one. <laughs> that's going to be in like four years, given how slowly I go through that book. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's it. J-Dog, you're, you're on stuff sometimes. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm on this podcast, but I haven't done any guest spots or anything like that lately because I don't I don't ask people if I can be on their show. No. So uh, I'm planning on asking Daniel to be on Mustache Out Podcastio again. Okay. Nice. I have I have a movie planned out, a king of comedy. Kind of no no one oh, in cool. in our in the group of people that shows on show will pick that movie. Mm-hmm. You well, can, you can hop, hop on that one if you feel like it. You can subscribe to my OnlyFans um, <laughs> if you like. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, I don't got anything. I got nothing. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's it. This comes out, I don't know, in the future. Um, <laughs> in the future, Ooh. yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, so Alexi, <laughs> Amanda, J Dog, thank, thank you, you. And uh, yeah, all three you'll be returning sooner than later <laughs> awesome thank you thank guys. you our theme music is by james fell our logo is by andrew bargeron you can find him as jimetsko on threadless t public redbubble shirt woot catalog and t theory that is spelled g-i-m-e-t-z-c-o you can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.